Welcome to the broadcast. Every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Inch by inch, row by row. Gonna make this start grow. Good morning, all y'all. Welcome to the outdoor living hour of Rosie on the house. Here uh, with John J. Harper. Mr. Harper, thanks for coming in and joining us this morning. I always look forward to it. We'll be talking about uh, that spring gardening, uh, soil preparation, yard planning, strategies and tactics for this time of year. If you'd like to join the conversation or have a question you'd like to ask John, give us a ring at one 767 4348 And boy, with the moisture we've had this winter, that ought to make spring prep just a wee bit easier in some regards, shouldn't it? Oh, if if you <laughs> if you forgot the pre-emergent oh, well, herbicide, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you need to go pull weeds, they're pulling out pretty easy. If you need to go turn some soil, yeah, it ought to be a, a much easier task. I've had I've had my irrigation system turned off since just, since just before Thanksgiving. My last two water bills have been about the min. I, I don't think they can get any lower. It's all pretty much trash and sewer and disposal, and there's like a $10 water water thing in there that's probably the minimum charge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you if you still have a sprinkler system turned on, man, go turn it off for a while. And you're, it's supposed to rain next week again. Uh, most of the week, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, just, you're just flushing money down the sink. Yeah, yes, you are. Um, so, yeah, it, there are so many great benefits to having, you know, a wet winter and early spring that, uh, you know, and if you just look around, the, the, I drove pretty much the whole southern half of the state in the last couple of weeks. And oh, man. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, and you don't have to go far. Just go out to Bartlett Lake. Just go out to the Superstitions. It's, it's quite the sight. Ran up to Flagstaff yeah. last week uh, for for a day at Snowball, mm-hmm. and uh, when I crossed the Verde at Camp Verde, mm-hmm. I believe it was about as wide bank to bank as I think I've ever seen it. No kidding. I mean it. It's got to. I mean Bartlett and Horseshoe. I, I think they're just it's it's going out as fast as it can come in now. Over yeah, they, there, they filled up, and I understand Roosevelt is above ninety percent. Yeah, so yeah, you know sometimes you can't even hardly see the Verde River when you go over that bridge, <laughs> let alone seeing it go bank to bank. I'd like to see that. So it's, it it was very very impressive, and then and then every uh, Camp Creek and Hacienda and Iowa Free. I mean every other little bridge you went over, there was water running underneath it. it was, it, just, it it was the big drink, and you know we had a super bloom, the spring of I think 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, visiting with our friend Roger Naylor, yeah, uh, he certainly predicted we'll see another super bloom. I would have to believe you're gonna agree with that. I think yeah, I don't see how it cannot be. And if you you know if you're just looking for something to do, you got relatives in town, or you just want to take a Sunday drive, this is. This is the year to do it. I'll tell you what, it's it's really super pretty. And and as it warms up, then that'll start spreading north and you'll have the yeah. the same so you could do this for about a month or maybe a couple of months. You just work your way north. And uh, you just ran through <clears> southern <throat> Arizona the last couple of weeks or two. 
Uh, is it time now, or do we? Is there another week? Oh, or it's two? worth. It's good. It's good enough. Yeah, is yeah, it? it's good enough. Um, I'm sure it'll get just a little bit better um, towards the end. Another another two weeks. So don't panic if you haven't or can't do it for a couple of weeks yet. But I would think by Easter weekend, that first kind of weekend in April, it ought to just be outstanding. Uh, yeah. It's it's, it's super saturated. That's for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, it it's just gorgeous. Um, and you look at the mountainsides, and they're green. You know, those little rocky mountains. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just got a tint of green to them. Very very pretty. Um, and the same things. <laughs> I see the same thing in some of the local yards and landscapes that aren't supposed to be green. They're pretty green. <laughs> so uh, pre-emergent, perfectly implemented uh, in a in a in a desert landscape mm-hmm. uh, in my experience is about two or three applications a year right and yep. <laughs> i like timing it just before a rain well if you can put it on before it rains then you don't have to worry about water because you do have to water them in whether you use a granule or a liquid or however you want to apply it they've got to be watered into the soil so if you can certainly put it in just like if you can put fertilizer down before a rain, putting pre-emergent down. T- and we don't often get the opportunity to do that yeah, here. Yeah. So with maybe some rain coming up next week, uh, the, the two best, if you were going to put it down twice a year, the first day of fall and the first day of spring would be the two optimum days to, to apply them. Well, that's our first day of spring's coming up next week, I believe. Yeah. So be a perfect time to get it on before uh, before that, if you if you haven't fertilized, it's a great time to feed your landscape shrubs and trees. So there's just about anything you want to do in the garden right now. Is is uh, now is when you nursery available. centers took away my MSMA, uh, I I went I went to fire. That's what I hear. <laughs> uh, and in fact, I hear there's little video evidence of you trying to burn your house down. But what what do you do with? Wait, okay, I didn't. Uh, I. Uh, there is a there is a section of my yard that's that's blooming, and I I thought I had hit it with pre-emergent, but everything else looks good. But I got this one corner, so and it's out on the street, and I I don't like to give the neighbors the opportunity to film me <laughs> with, so a, you, with so a with a flamethrower in the front yard <laughs> with a devious look so in you your out eye. At two in the morning, or <laughs> so. Well, uh, what what are some of the post-emergents uh, that we're spraying now? Well, you know, there there are a number of them. You can you can buy uh, probably something with uh, cacodylic acid or diquat in it uh, that will give you a very quick kill. Some people will use uh, you know a solution of of uh, citric acid if you want to stay completely natural. Yeah, um, you can buy natural herbicides that have uh, high concentration of probably citric acid and some oils in them and that'll burn and that's just going to kill the top which if it's just annual cool season weeds that's all you need to kill you don't need to worry about killing the root because they're not going to come back if you've got perennials and things like you know and bermuda grass starting to come up and some different things you know i know uh, you know roundup has developed a little bit of a a buzzword around (laughs) but in the landscape where it's not being used around edibles it's still a very effective uh, herbicide, it's systemic, it kills the roots and all, 
And, it, you know, if you use it as directed and you're not doing it on a windy day and you're not getting drift on something and it's in rock landscape or someplace where it's not going to affect anything else, it, it stays pretty localized. And, and uh, you do only put it on the green tissue of the plant you want to kill. It doesn't do any good to spray it on bare ground. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So, you know, used in accordance with its directions, it's still an effective herbicide. All right. So there's your yard treatment, and I think Jennifer did post an example of weed control by fire. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and I mean, it only Well, it's actually takes, kind of recreational, isn't it? Well, it's a little recreational. <laughs> he uh, was, you can tell he was enjoying it. You got to get, you, you gotta get your, uh, your fat-burning calories in somehow. You, right? um, <laughs> you, uh, uh, it, it's a flamethrower that's connected to a, a, a propane tank that's yeah. on a dolly that you haul around. Okay. And uh, you turn it on, and it burns at a low flame just to keep uh-huh, it lit. Uh-huh. But then there's a trigger. Oh, that really fires oh, it Oh, it throws a flame about two and a half feet long. It's gorgeous. <laughs> well, you can always stick that down a gopher hole and play like your Mark Salem. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> the rodinator. And, uh, but it only takes – I've learned you don't have to burn the plant to obliteration. You really just need to hit it for one or two seconds. Okay. And, and – she, she, she's dead in, in a couple of days. You take the foliage off, the plant's going to die probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Ah. So if you want to see weed control. Is this fire, available on the Rosie E store? Well, what, where did you post that, babe? Facebook. Okay. It's uh, a Rosie on the house Facebook okay. yeah. page. Main uh, page there. You can see Rosie just burning to his heart's delight. I didn't know I was filming. <laughs> I didn't know I was being filmed. I, I think it's safe resi- to I keep it. I couldn't resist. But <laughs> safe to keep it off the East Door. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not something we'll make available on the East <laughs> So the other things we want to talk about, so we're talking about uh, controlling the growth in the yard where you do or don't want it. Right. Uh, uh, mostly where you don't <clears throat> want it, the pre- and post-emergence and preparing for that and the, the, uh, the, the huge bloom that we're going to see. Here now, as the weather just barely starts warming up, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. going to explode. Now I want to go inside the garden wall. Okay. And uh, I've got uh, my winter stuff that, I've, yep. that I'll probably be retiring here pretty soon. Uh, I think I can put my freezer cloth away. Would you think? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think you're safe to do that. Okay. At least I, down here okay. in the valley. All yeah. right. So I can fold that up <laughs> and get it out of the garden and put it away. Yep. Uh, I've got a good load of compost i want you to kind of coach me through how to do that the soil prep for the new garden and what are the types of things i should be considering planting so we're here talking gardening and basically everything having to do with your yard your hardscape your landscape with john j harper longtime uh, co-host and guest at roselle now's for our outdoor living hour if you've got a question about what you're trying to tackle around your house, give us a ring. The lines are open. Sweet Jennifer's there to get your name and where you're calling from. And your question we will get to you as quick as we can. The toll-free number to do that is 1-888-767-4348. I did want to bring up one public service announcement. Mm-hmm. The Arizona Elk Society is having a community education day out at the Mesquite Wildlife Oasis. And if y'all are looking, as a matter of fact, if, 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 you, if you go on their website, Wildology, A-Z, the homepage says no child. 
left inside. Ah, <laughs> very good. And they've got an event schedule there, and it is it is a community education day that there'll be nature walks, there'll be lessons in desert survival, there'll be lessons on aquatic life, and much more. So get to wildologyaz.com and take a look at April 6th, the Community Education Day, a great event to get you and the kids outside. Here we go. John J. Harper, we wanted to get into the garden and start talking about getting that garden ready for the spring, but we've got some calls loading up. You can join the conversation by giving us a ring at one 767 4348 And uh, like Al has, calling from Phoenix, who has a question. He wants to stay on the killing weeds topic, but it's a specific area. Al, good morning. That's AJ. I apologize. Okay, AJ. And good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. And your question? It's very nice to talk with you guys. Yeah, so I just had a question about my front yard there. Um, Got a one-year-old. He's growing up now, and I kind of want the yard to be real nice there. So I got some good grass, but just tons of weed growing throughout the grass. And I was just wondering, is there something I can put on that to stop that without killing the grass and all that? Do you Did you plant a winter lawn? Do you have a... A green grass lawn now? Or? I have not planted a winter. Okay. I, I have not planted a winter lawn. Uh, uh, I actually had irrigation at one point. I live in a historic part of Mesa. Oh, okay. Um, so it's just the normal grass that's come up through the year. Okay. Well, yeah, and if you've got irrig- people with that flood irrigation type thing, you're always going to be a little more prone for weeds because of the open irrigation ditches that carry the water to your eventually to your yard. Um, I saw an interesting, if we have just a second, too. We do. do. A a, a gentleman I sell some fertilizer to uh, does some irrigation work, and they now have an automated, for people that flood irrigate, you know how you have to go out at 2 in the morning or 10 or whatever, and open that gate up to let it in. They now have a way to automate that. That should be real popular. Yeah, I would think. (laughs) I, I would think so. Uh, he sent me a link on that the other day. If, if you're interested in that, st- you know, give me give a Rosie a holler, and yeah. I'll, I'll figure out a way to get that information to you. But anyway, go, I just thought of that. I was but, I was at a man's mm-hmm. house yesterday, mm-hmm. who told me now I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get up at three. I think he said three three or four in the morning. Yeah. For my four hours of irrigation. Not uncommon. Come and out. You, and then you got to go back and close I know, it. I know. Yeah. I know. Just about time you fall and back wade to through, And wade through the water uh, yeah, to close exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah. There, so you should be able to go to the to the garden center. You're in Mesa. If you go to OANP or Treeland over there in Mesa and take a sample or two of the different weeds that you have growing. And, of course, tell them that it's growing in a grass lawn not in rock or desert landscape. And they'll be able to find a selective herbicide that will that will just kill the broadleaf type weeds that you most likely have and won't damage your grass. Okay. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally. That sounds really good. But yeah, it's a, it's a I do- didn't even know you could take the weeds over there and show them. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, just just either you know pull a clump up, throw them in a Ziploc bag, and, and run them down there. It's very helpful. Anytime you people that are listening out there, if you can take a sample of the weed, the bug, uh, you know, whatever it is you're talking about, it, it's really hard to diagnose and then find a, uh, you know, a cure or a, uh, a remedy for the problem that you have if you don't if you can't lay your eyes on it because it could be a number of different things and we may be worlds apart with diagnosis just like your doctor can't diagnose you over the phone very easily uh, you need to you need to take that stuff in there to him if you can and some of the weeds that he's probably going to be seeing right now in that irrigated I mean if I've got in my backyard. I, I plant a small section of winter lawn. Mm-hmm. I have very little weed weed problem in that area at all. Right, but the, sure. yeah. but the warm weather turf that I just ignore. Yep, I'm fighting the weeds over there all winter long. There's that little thick grass clumpy. Yeah, weed. The, well, the opoa. That's yes. You probably well. It just it it comes in in the ryegrass, the wintergrass mix, and then it. You know, it reseeds itself in places and continues to come back. And then it's going to be a little bit of warm weather and then the spurge. Yeah. That you you got to knock it out, you know. Well, anybody, if you have a, you know, a lawn that you're going to let go dormant through the wintertime, you can use pre-emergent in that lawn. And it works good. Lawn, and it will really work. Um, as wet a winter as we've had, you... it wouldn't surprise me, though, if you didn't need to have done it a couple, couple of times. times. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And so that's a great tip for AJ. Take a couple weeds, throw it in a Ziploc bag, get down to your local nursery center and take a look at it. Yep. For any of you that don't want to do it yourself, you can always go to rosellemouse.com and take a look at Scottsdale Weed Control. Yeah. Ray Lopez yeah. is, is uh, he has, I guess he's just like a potion magician or something. A mad chemist. Uh, he's a mad chemist. Because <laughs> what he has done for my yard and my lawn over the last three or four years has been absolutely incredible. So I'm, I'm forever indebted to Mr. Ray for taking care of it for me. It requires a lot less fire. <laughs> well, propane prices have gone up. That's right. They sure have. They sure have. So I had promised we'd get in the garden and start talking about yeah. that spring garden. Right. We didn't get there. Uh, we'll always be ready to take your call like we did with AJ, one 767 When we get back, we will go in the garden with John J. Harper. Let's have one. Welcome back to the Outdoor Living Hour of Rosie on the House. We're here with John J. Harper. We've talked a bit about uh, pre- and post-emergent and the role that's going to play in, in managing your yard this wet spring, especially as it starts warming up and how to get ready for that. We've talked about... Uh, uh, the weed control inside the lawn area. Uh, now I want to step into the garden and start talking about for those of us uh, that are trying to be somewhat productive. You know, I, John, you know me. I mean, uh, you you seed my garden, 
I mean, I, I fought a garden for 20 years. Right. And I could know. never. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I could never get any results. I did it. I, it was a guilty conscience. I come from a family of farmers. I, I thought, you know, anybody ought to be able to do this. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, until that time I was laid up. Mm-hmm. And I was at home constantly. And I had the time to invest in it. And golly, that garden came forth. I, we had a we had some great stuff come out. It just took a little more focus of my yeah. time and attention. Yeah, it and it and it does. And so, when we tell people if they want to start a garden, to start very small. Amen. Start very small, <laughs> um, and then kind of learn the tricks of the trade, so to speak. I mean, and learn, and kind of get an idea how much time it does take. And so maybe. Small is good for you. Maybe you just grow spinach and call it good or just grow onions or just, you know, I mean, or grow little bits of a few things. And then as you either enjoy it or don't enjoy it or you're successful or you're not successful, you can always expand it and make it bigger. Um, you can you can do it in containers. And, and just my parents had an amazing garden, and it was all done in old black nursery you know used like you buy trees and container shrubs plastic. In, yeah, big plastic yeah. buckets pots um and as they got older they got them up off the ground higher yeah and uh so you can you can have a, a very productive garden and it doesn't have to be a conventional huge thing in the side of your or back of your yard <laughs> so uh, as we get into this time of year now, so if you had a fall or winter garden, and so winter gardens are generally the things we eat, like the leaf of, the root of, or maybe a, a modified stem or flower of. So all your lettuces and spinach and greens. And I mentioned to you, I was out at a farm yesterday, mm-hmm. out, out in Waddell, and uh, his leafy greens yeah. were in plastic jars hung on the side of a tripod okay. of pallets. So like and, a living he, wall kind of thing. It was a living uh-huh. wall, and he uh-huh. had them numbered, uh-huh. and the number decoded to what it was. You know, okay. red lettuce, uh, butter lettuce, the iceberg lettuce, whatever it was. It was great, but it was extremely creative. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't using enough soil to fill. I you 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 wouldn't fill two five gallon buckets. Right. <laughs> Right or or in some was, of those you can do. And it was do, all at, right there at hip height. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you can be very creative and and think out of the box. And that's a lot. I will tell you, it's a lot easier to do with the winter stuff than it is to do as it gets warmer and hotter. Nah. Uh, in small soil spaces like that, but it's still a very productive way to do things. If you are, especially for as our lots. Our houses are getting bigger and our lots are getting smaller, right? and, yeah. or, or have no maybe no place to plant anything. And it's all patio or that sort of thing, you know. So we're going to be uh, doing a lot of things in containers if that's what we want to do. I was um, at a client's house two weeks ago, and she had on she had right there on her back patio with the dogs and the kids. Something she called a tomato tower, uh-huh. and and she just watered uh-huh. the top. Yeah, and she had lettuce and tomatoes yeah. growing out of these little little. Side pockets, yeah, side, uh, side that, containers, that, yeah, out. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, was, she had a robust garden going right there in about a two and a half foot diameter, four foot tall yep. space. Absolutely. So there's lots of lots of ways to do it. Um, so right now, you you know, if you've you're, you've got that winter 
thing going, and and we'll still go for quite a while, um, depending on how hot it gets, how quick. Uh, but as we get, you know, and, and realistically, we probably should have already planted tomatoes, but it's not too late. So summer, summer uh, from, or warm from seed. If, if I'm if I'm gonna use, well, a you're starter. too late from seed now. Yeah, okay, for so, sure. So if you're planting tomatoes now, it's you, a start. It better be a start, and okay. it ought to be probably a pretty good size start. Okay. Um, but your warm season vegetables are things that you literally kind of pick a fruit or a vegetable off. So tomatoes, peppers, squashes. Cucumbers, melons. Don't forget okra. Okra, yeah. I would, I would have forgotten. <laughs> you, that. I know you would forget. It's a mental block I have with okra. <laughs> eggplant. Uh, a lot of people don't like eggplant. I like eggplant. All right. Some okay. people like okra. Yeah, I'm not so. I'll eat it, but I'm, it's not my favorite thing. Well, but it does. It's good if you smother it with enough barbecued shrimp and cheese. Oh, but I tell you what, if you slice it really thin, and and uh, roast it or or uh, eggplant parmesan with on really the thin on the well on the grill or in the roaster oh, in the okay. oven. Oh, right. mm, man, that's really your good. ticket. Huh? Oh, baby. eggplant lasagna is not too bad. Yeah, either. okay, yeah. all yeah. right. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, like a lot of things. Uh, we got our first experience with. Here's one that's become very popular. Our first experience. So, how did you experience Brussels sprouts the first time you ate them? Uh, Boi- uh, boiled. I. On your hot on your hot tray. Well, you didn't go to grammar school in Scottsdale, did you? So Scottsdale School I did. cafeteria. I, I didn't tr- attend much. But you had I was the tray. You were, yeah, you were there. <laughs> they have a tray and one. You know, lima beans and bro- and Brussels sprouts. You know, boiled. Yeah, you know. So I, I think a lot of people's experience with eggplant is just you know kind of boiled old eggplant. You're trying to eat that. It's not very good. But man, there's some ways to fix it. But anyway. Um, that's our. That's what we're transitioning into now. Are are the, the summer crops and summer vegetables? So um, we were talking about the different ways you could set this up, but we're actually going to be talking about landscaping trends in the ten o'clock hour. But we're not doing any landscape designs for remodeling. Where I don't really strongly encourage the people. Let's do a raised planter. Let, oh, absolutely. Let's not. Let's not. Take the soil you've got in your yard right now and take 10 years to make it good. Let's raise it. We could we could almost make it rabbit-proof if we if yeah. we do it carefully. Uh, and, and you're going to start with good soil the day you import and you yeah. get, get your sprinkler system set yeah. up, raise it, and go. I just, I'll never do a, 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 a ground-level garden. You know, unless you have a really big piece of property and you're going to grow a big garden. Yeah. Um, then, then raised raised gardens, no matter what kind of material you're using, can get maybe a little expensive. If you're doing a huge garden, but if you're, yeah, for most ninety nine percent of the people that want to do a little vegetable garden in their backyard, a raised garden of some type, no matter. And there's a million different ways and materials you can use to do them. Um, I just put one together last weekend. I'm gonna finish it this weekend and get it full of soil i'm a little late because of a number of other reasons but um, life yeah life <laughs> yeah um but uh that's 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 how i'm going um and uh besides as you get, they're higher up off the ground as we get a little older it's harder to get down on our hands and knees and do some of this stuff so the, the rabbits annihilated my winter greens this year 
No kidding. Uh, uh, nah, I, I, uh, I couldn't keep up with them. Wow. I mean, they annihilated. You'd I, have thought there had been enough green stuff for them out there to eat. In the, you would think around, so. You would think so. I had, like, to, I had to build a expanded, like lettuce and spinach. expanded metal <laughs> lath cage and just lay it right over the top of everything. I'll tell you, I, I, you know, I have, I'm seeing some pictures of, uh, of our summer uh, growing grounds for gr- leafy greens in Salinas, California. They're underwater. Yeah. They're underwater, so there, there's there going to be if nothing else, this might be the year you can actually save a little money by growing a but, garden. Okay. <laughs> now, in that raised garden you're building for yourself at the house or for a client, uh, how will you irrigate that? Will you soaker hose it? I like on a, the on a I, valve or? I like the little uh, quarter inch laser perforated soaker tubing that you you can hook up with a drip type system and, and, and it's it, on a separate valve and if i'm thinking like four foot by four foot garden mm-hmm. do you snake it through there up and down up and down do you circle it how do you, how I, do you... I just kind of fish it through you just kind of snake it around okay and then i'll use some uh, uh stiff wire kind of bend it in a u-shape and kind of Hold. pin it pin okay. it down once i get it where it's going okay and, and it it works fine you have to play with how long you have to run it so that it this, you know, those things just kind of soak and ooze out, and you got to watch the soil as it gets wet and make sure you're getting everything wet. So it's got to run long enough to – and sometimes the top doesn't look wet, but it's wet underneath. So, you know, you got to play with it a little bit. But that's, that's what I prefer because when you're done, you just pull all those pins, you know, pull it up, throw it aside, you know, pull your stuff out, rework it, and you can plant again and repeat it. But – that's that. It's it's very simple, uh, and and it's very water efficient. You're not spraying water, different places, and that you don't need it. Okay, and how do you protect these warm summer vegetables that you just walk up and pick? How do you protect them from everybody you're fighting with? The birds, uh, maybe maybe you're in a neighborhood with roof rats. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, how do you? Well. Probably the if you wanted just one thing that would kind of control all of that would be a very uh, a light shade cloth type material that you could build a you know a little bit of a structure. You don't want that touching the plants, okay? Because uh, it gets hot. Um, but and you don't want it too dark either. So something fifty percent shade or less, um, and that will also extend your garden into the hotter weather. As we get there, but that would keep birds. If it's pinned down correctly, it'll keep all the the critters out that that you don't want to get in there. And what is the trick on pinning it down to keep anything from burrowing under? I mean, that's the other thing uh, on a raised planter. Um, I would I would raise the planter and then I would lay um, welded hardware. some hardware cloth. Yeah, or, so I, or, I would I before I would import yeah. the soil to keep anything from coming up from the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, chicken wire, hardware cloth, anything that if you've got gophers, some people yeah. in areas that have gophers, you know, you can, you know, something small enough to keep them out. Absolutely. Um, at minimum, you probably ought to put some weed barrier or weed, cl- you know, cloth down that uh, depending on if, you know, what your bottom of that thing is like to keep any soil from even washing out under it. If it's not a masonry laid up block type thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you can keep 
things from coming in underneath. <laughs> if it's tall enough, you're going to keep the rabbits from being able to get up in there and then covering it with so a very light. You can buy bird net. If, if birds are your main concern, you know, bird netting's pretty simple and easy to use and now, easy to put in, on. Now, in this raised planter, you're talking about finished building this week. How much depth for, for a summer garden? I mean, the root, yeah. how, how, what do you need to accommodate? Well, that? six to eight inches is all you really need. These things okay. that I'm building are about 16 inches because I want to get them. I want it up high enough. I don't have to bend over much. Got it. Okay. But I will. I will just put, you know, some rock and some rubble, and you know, the first four or five, six inches. I Your want drainage for drainage, okay. and also I don't want to have to buy any more kind of expensive soil than I have Potty, to. Yeah, the... So I'll fill it with that, and maybe some compost and mulch, and then the last six inches or so will be a good potting okay. type so there you go there there's the tip on building that raised planter by the authority on the subject john j harper we'll be right back after this a beautiful saturday morning out in the garden the outdoor living hour of rosie on the house with john j harper I've given one public service announcement for all of you moms and dads to get your kids outside. Go to wildologyaz.com. No child left inside. On April 6th, they've got a community education day at the Mesquite Wildlife Oasis. It is a great family event. And on that same topic, great family event, Arizona Game and Fish Department has their annual expo coming up at their center out on Carefree Highway, Ben Avery Center. It's the annual Outdoor Expo. It's March 25th and 26th. Get your kids and get out there and enjoy it. It's a free event. You can learn how to fish. You can handle wildlife. You can handle amphibians, if that's your thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Reptiles. Reptiles, yeah. Uh, So it is a great event combining outdoor recreation with an education on conservation and game management so that's march 25th and 26th the mesquite wildlife oasis community education day is april 6th and of course you've got the march edition of arizona highways on the bloom that you were talking about to start the hour sweetheart hey it's talking about the the arizona wildlife yes you can also go to um az gfd.com and they have events called wild about arizona and you can also find that link on our event page on rosie on the house oh that goes on for like six months yes yeah all the way through december you can sign up some of them are virtual some of them are you get to go someplace and registration is limited but you can see things like bats and wolves and coyotes and all kinds of critters based on the month so you can sign up for what you want to see you pick what you want to see, and then they'll show you when the event is. And I, they've got boats out on Canyon Lake. They take you out there and provide the binoculars and oh, really? get, get to show the, the kid, get, get to see the big orange sheep. Yeah. Wow. A lot of yeah, fun. That's pretty cool. Lots of things to do that outside. That expo, expo deal out at Ben Avery, we've been a number of times. And if you've got uh, kids that they can catch a bluegill. Yeah. Out of the little tank, they can shoot a twenty-two. I think you still do that, I think. Bow and arrow. Shoot a bow and arrow. 
it's uh, it's very interactive and uh, it's a great great little event. All right, John Jay, what have we not addressed as it relates to yard maintenance? Well, we propagation we, we, we talk, this time of year. We hadn't talked a little. We did mention fertilizing a little bit. Make sure you're you're fertilizing adequately. Um, also, uh, planting just trees and shrubs and landscape plants, and you know it's you know gosh, we're right smack dab in the middle of a great time to plant roses and fruit trees, and you know we're talking about like edible, and if you know, there's been a lot of push towards edible landscape. You know, planting some citrus in your landscape or some deciduous fruit trees in your landscape is, you know, a great way to, as we used to say, have your shade and eat it too. Amen. Um, so there's there's a lot of opportunities right now to, to be planting. Uh, you know, take a look around your yard after the winter time. Do you got some stuff that, you know, didn't fare so well? We had enough frost to damage a few things. We did. Uh, not probably kill anything, but maybe you're tired of that one plant that just every year you got to go trim it back. Maybe it's time to replace it with something. It that took, isn't it so took hard. my basil plant down oh, yeah. from a Volkswagen Beetle yeah. to a shoebox. Yeah. I it, was, it was great. I had to pull mine out. It, <laughs> it was pretty much done. Yeah. Basil does not like very much cold at all. So, But the good thing is they grow very fast once it warms up. Oh, boy, do they. Man. And you can you can plant a new one. So so planting, you know, trees and shrubs before it gets too warm is, is, a, is a great thing to do. Fertilizing is a great thing to do. Obviously, just make sure you're maintaining. You know, going back to weed, I hate to beat weeds to death, but one thing, and we are, this is serious, you want to make sure you control those. As they start to bloom, they're going to go to seed. And if you let them get big enough where they bloom and go to seed, then you're going to be facing that issue again next year. So control them before they they go to seed, whether you pull them, mow them, whack them with a hoe, burn them with a flamethrower, or spray them. Do it. It's much easier to control when they're young uh, than if they get big. And then if they go to seed, then you face that issue uh, again the next season. And I want you to know, I have I have finally forgiven your dad. Uh-oh. You know, growing up here, when we had weeds in the yard, dad would go to your nursery. <laughs> and your dad would only sell him Hula hose. Yeah. Why didn't your dad ever sell my dad? Pre-emergent. Pre-emergent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your dad might have had a little oh, something to do with that, too. Man, I like was, I want to keep him busy for a couple weeks. I, I was the Cocopa Mustang uh, Hula Ho champion <laughs> yeah, of the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John Jay, thanks for joining us this, this hour in the a fun time. We're going, to be, we're going to be talking about that first and second time home buyer experience in the following hour. And in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to talk some landscaping trends. And in both hours, we'll be answering your calls right here at Rosie on the House.